say, almost in graduate high school. These accounts that they take quite a lot of work to manage. Like on Twitter, we're posting like 20 times a day. So it's actually cheaper for me to travel than it is for me to live in Vancouver. Welcome everyone to season two of the Outliers podcast. You're watching part one of Zach's episode. Today, Liv and I interviewed, you guessed it, Zach, an entrepreneur and quite a successful one too. He's known for his two business startups, Slogan Social, a social media marketing company he started in high school and Arise Applications, a company that develops iOS apps. If you're like me and you want to be an entrepreneur, but you're a little bit afraid of the risks, this is the interview to listen to. Now keep in mind that this is only part one. We have two more of these episodes coming. Here's some things we go over in today's episode. How Zach is able to work only three hours a month what the beginning of his entrepreneurship journey looked like, difficulties he encountered when he hired his friends, and how both his companies work. This episode is really meant to just bring some background and context for future episodes where we dive into the deeper questions. Remember to follow us at Outliers Career Podcast on Instagram for more release dates, bonus footage, industry information, and more. Hope you enjoy this episode. <laughs> Thank you very much, Zach, for doing this. Just brief introduction to our audience. You started a social media consulting business, Slogan Social, in high school. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if consulting's the right word. Yeah, it's a, it's a social media, like, influencer marketing business. What we have been doing for, I think, like, six or seven years now is we own and manage a lot of, like, uh, meme pages, essentially. So, like, any sort of account in, like, a niche that is popular enough to like gain traction and get an audience. So for example, like a makeup page or a sports page or a fashion page or a jokes page. And we would use our other accounts and other people's accounts that have a large following to advertise those pages, grow their audience. And then with that audience that we have, we can then sell advertising to companies that might want to buy it. So for example, you know, if we had a makeup page, maybe a makeup company would want to share their new products on our page, or we've done a lot of advertising for jewelry brands and like iOS applications and people that just want to get followers for their own personal accounts. So part of the business was owning accounts that were influential like this. And then another part of the business was managing other people's accounts. The thing with these accounts is they take like quite a lot of work actually to manage surprisingly. Like on Twitter, we're posting like, you know, 20 times a day in that niche, you know, you need to find content to post it. That essentially was a full-time job. And basically people were on Twitter all day, just retweeting other people's posts and getting their stuff retweeted. And a lot of the people that own these accounts, at least when I started, were in high school or you know just into university so they didn't really have a lot of time and so i figured you know if i'm running my own pages and i'm spending you know 12 hours a day just retweeting my own stuff i could probably get paid by other people that didn't want to do this work and then i can do it for them so that's kind of the gist of slogan social and you know how it started it and all that so yeah, basically, that's what I've been doing for quite a long time now. So if I'm correct, you, you started an analytics app that tracks the statistics for influencers on Twitter, which is really cool. Yeah, so we had, like, the way it tracked the analytics was, it was just for these meme pages. So, like, my business is, like, super, super niche, honestly. Like, <laughs> it's not, like, traditional influencers. Like, when most people think of an influencer, they're going to think of, like, Kylie Jenner, for example, you know, somebody who has their face out there. 
but the influencers or like in quotes like influencers i work with there are just like no name faceless meme pages yeah. right so the kind of analytics like they're looking for is a lot different than the kind of analytics that you know a traditional influencer would be looking for we didn't really go many places with it just because like i said it was so niche it was like just for our clients but that was only like maybe a few hundred people you work with marketing you're an entrepreneur and to top it off you're also a professional photographer that travels the world that's pretty insane i just want to make that clear to our audience so zach why don't you explain how you can travel the world to everyone okay for sure well basically i'm from vancouver and as everybody knows vancouver is a really expensive place to live like <clears throat> kind of regardless where you're living unless you live with your parents it's just it's quite an expensive city i started traveling not because i wanted to save money i had an ex-girlfriend who moved to france for school and i kind of followed her there because i work online i thought why not go hang out in the south of france we traveled throughout europe and into egypt and some other places and then kind of along the way i realized you know it's actually cheaper for me to travel than it is for me to live in Vancouver. Like, because for example, like if you want to live in Vancouver, the phone a roommate. Like if you have a roommate, it's a lot more affordable. Personally, I've lived with roommates before. It's not really my kind of thing. And you know, your rent is going to be probably at a minimum twelve or thirteen hundred dollars a month. And then you know, food is expensive. You know, I don't drive, so taxis are expensive. If you want to go out, that's expensive. Everything's just expensive. So I realize, you know, if I'm traveling you know, I'm almost saving money in a way and I get to see the world. So I did a trip throughout Southeast Asia. So I went to every single country in Southeast Asia. And then I went to India, Nepal, Sri Lanka, and then a few countries in Europe, like Amsterdam, Belgium, Luxembourg, and the UK for a few days. That was like a shorter portion of the trip because those are more expensive places to travel. But at the end of it, I spent 13,000 Canadian dollars, like 10,000 US dollars in 10 months. Like my rent would probably be more than what I spent traveling. Like in India, I only spent maybe $1,300 for two months. So it's just affordable. That's insane. Yeah. I don't think people ever like think about that, the difference between where we live and where in other countries, right? How exchange and money is. Yeah, for sure. And I, I think the reason people have that view you know, it's logical, right? Because most people, you know, they're, they go to school or they have a job, which like holds them down to a specific location in the world. And, you know, if you're, you're in school and you, you have winter break or something, for example, you, know, you might only have two or three weeks to go travel somewhere. If you want to go to India and you only have two or three weeks, your round trip ticket just for the flight is going to be like $2,000, right? So it is more expensive. The way that I keep it so cheap is by doing very long trips. So like I'll pick an area of the world and then I'll travel to everywhere in that region. If you think about it, like, you know, when you're in Southeast Asia, you, know, you can fly to another country or take a bus to another country and it's going to be very cheap. Like you could go to Thailand from, you know, you could fly from Thailand to uh, the Philippines for like a hundred bucks. Or if you're in Vancouver, it's going to be like $2,000 to fly there. So that's kind of like what makes it so cheap is being able to make an income online and then you know not have a schedule and be able to wait for cheap flights or take buses and just kind of tackle whole regions of the world at one time instead of sporadically going from you know france to south africa to japan to 
Morocco, you know, back and forth, because those are all, you know, far away, and you're just going to end up spending a lot of money. Kind of awesome, <laughs> but I think it's hilarious that you said that you didn't travel before, but the first place you did travel to was to the south of France, and that is one of the most, like, expensive places in the world to live, like Morocco, uh, Monaco and Cannes, and that's absolutely, yeah. I find that absolutely hilarious. But yeah, let's go on to our first section. How did you get started as an entrepreneur? And I, I guess we did already answer that, but we want to give our audience a bit of mm -hmm. a bit of more background info. I have here saying, like, you almost didn't graduate. You'd spend, like, 10 hours a day working in marketing. For sure. Like, so... Basically how I started this business, I didn't just like have this miraculous idea like, blah, blah, I'm going to go do this, whatever. Basically, I have a friend who's, uh, he's a software developer and he's been doing coding forever, like just taught himself all that stuff. And he's always been really like internet savvy and kind of like on top of trends. And so he came across some forum post about this guy who had like some Twitter bot that was like retweeting things on meme pages and stuff and yeah. whatever so he told me about it and i was like oh yeah that's so weird like i follow some of these accounts and i noticed how they're like retweeting you know all these these tweets and stuff um like all over my timeline every day it's like actually really annoying like i just followed them for you know funny content and they're trying to sell me something so then i was like wow like that's so cool so what i started to do is like reach out to the people that were like owning these accounts. So like back then, like when I started like six or seven years ago, it was much less like developed industry than it is today. They thought they were like so cool for having an account with like 500,000 followers. It was like, you know, 17, 18 year old kids that, you know, had 500,000 followers on Twitter and they cared more about kind of like the, the social like clothes than, you know, the money that could be made. So they all had their their personal handles in their Twitter bios of their big accounts. So I kind of used that to like reach out to people and I just started following all the people that like own these accounts and I kind of just like infiltrated their community and like just by like trying to become friends with them and just like talking to them and like asking for advice on like starting my own account and stuff like that. Wow, that's <laughs> actually insane. And then so I also have here that uh, you said it didn't really feel like work and now you work at Arise Applications and we'd love to hear how you transitioned from Slogan Social to Arise Applications. We ran, like Slogan Social is still running to this day, but like in the 2016 election, like for the US election, there was a big problem with like Russian bots potentially manipulating the election. And so with that, Twitter kind of just went crazy suspending accounts, but they ended up suspending the majority of our accounts for this engagement manipulation thing. Some of them are still left, but most of them are suspended. So from then, you know, I kind of thought, you know, I need to like pivot and you know, do something different. So what we've been trying to do with Arise applications is create like iOS apps that would like work well for our audiences on <clears throat> Twitter and Instagram. We, we made one horoscope app and we just kind of slapped it together in like a month, like super bare bones, no, like no graphic design, just like the worst horoscope app you've ever <laughs> seen. And then we advertised it just to kind of like test it out. And it did like actually pretty well. And then we ended up selling that app like a few months later and then using some of that money to build like a better horoscope app. We spent about a year developing this app and it was fantastic. We spent a lot of money, <clears throat> a lot of time just crazy amount of work put into this and 
then when we tried to publish it to the app store, Apple actually said, hey, look, like we don't have like room for astrology. They're like, there's just too many of them. We don't want them on our platform. And we were like, oh my God, like this is so frustrating. So what we ended up doing is we bought a different app, like just like a completely like unrelated app that was already on the app store. So it was already through all of Apple's checkpoints to see if, what kind of app it was. And then we updated that app to be our horoscope app. And we got it on the app store, which is great. We started advertising and it was going really well, way better than our first one, like super, super good, like profitable day one. Like, you know, we we're spending a dollar, we we're making $2. We had a lot of plans for this app, like we we're gonna update it and do a bunch of crazy things. It wasn't done, but it was like good enough to be advertised. And so a few weeks in, we had another update for it. We went to submit the update and we got flagged. Apple was like, hey, we just got to like take a look at this. And we're like, oh no, like on the app store. And yeah, we, we stopped advertising for it. Yeah, then they did remove it from the app store and they suspended our Apple developer ID. <laughs> one day Twitter can just suspend your accounts or one day Apple can just remove your developer account. It's kind of unsettling to have to, to let these companies have so much power over your business when they just don't really care about you. Oh, that's a great story. This is, <laughs> this is perfect. Thank you for that. Our next question is, so we want to, we want to know what your work schedule is like, because obviously you're traveling all over the place. Traveling takes a long time. So what do you, yeah. how, do you have to work like in between that? So I would say I probably work about on average, like three hours a month, which is obviously very, very low. So I have actually employees in Canada that handle all of the slogan social business for me. Mm -hmm. So I'm not really needed for that. Maybe once a month I'll check in on client invoices or I'll do accounting work or legal work, just, you know, things that, you know, it doesn't make sense for, for me to hire people for. But yeah, slogan social is pretty much, you know, fully automated by, you know, the people that work for me in Canada. So I don't really have to worry about that a lot of like investments so I invest in like private placements so companies that aren't public and then you know, hopefully they go public one day and you know you get your return from that so that's kind of what my focus has been for the past year that's crazy so let's go because that that's at the end like all your stuff is fully automated but at the beginning and and the middle yeah. Were you working like a lot, a lot? Oh yeah you're saying you you read that I almost didn't graduate high school like that's totally true so in grade 12, I, I just basically stopped going to school. So I, w I was telling you before how, you know, you had to, you had to do these, these posts every 20 minutes. Right. And so I was managing maybe like 70 or 80 Twitter accounts all by myself. And then by the time I finished retweeting it on all 80 accounts, I have to go back to the, to the top list to the first one and take down the retweet and put something new up and then go to the next one and take it down for something new. And so I was doing that all day, about 10 or 12 hours a day. And it was a seven day a week job. So I would wake up really early before school at like, you know, five or six in the morning and get in a few hours of work while, you know, people on, in, on central and Eastern time. The only classes I would go to is I'd go to English class maybe once a week. I passed with like 55% or something. So I just, I ended up finishing my grade 12 French in grade eight. I think that's all I got because I failed math. I failed physics. I dropped out of chemistry and then I had two spares. So yeah. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Coffee shops. I'd just like go to Tim Hortons or something and I'd, I'd work 
the whole day and you know my parents were always be like hey we keep getting these emails from the school saying that you know you missed like one or more classes today like what's going on and I'd just be like I would tell them that even if you were late for like 10 minutes it was just like an automatic automated email that they would always get and so they're like oh okay like I guess that's fine like you're always late whatever after high school like I just started hiring a lot of people after high school to like help me manage people so I was hiring like all my friends and you know they're all working for me and it was great so my job kind of transitioned like for slogan social transition from like me dealing with all the clients to me managing the people that were working for me so it was still actually like quite a lot of work making sure people were on time for their schedules it was a really unprofessional business like your clients are all between the ages of like 17 and like 22. they don't take it really seriously if you are late starting like advertising on their accounts you know, they'd freak out at you. They'd yell at you, what the hell are you doing? Like, this is ridiculous, blah, blah, blah. So then slowly, I kind of hired on somebody to manage that portion of the business. I figured, like, I'm going to lose money if I do this job because I would just get so annoyed. Like, there were some clients that would just, like, scream at me. Like, you know, it'd be like, you know, they've, they've been my clients for, like, four years. I've met them in person. We're good friends. But, you know, something goes wrong and it's just all hell breaks loose. So... I, I kind of figured, I was like, you know, one day I'm going to be really rude back to one of these clients and I'm going to lose the client. Actually, one time he was yelling at the guy that I hired and he texted me some rude thing. He's like, your slave is like, did something wrong. And I was like, you know what? Like, that's just ridiculous. Like, that, like that's the kind of like mentality these people had. So I was like, you know, that's it. Like, you know, I'm not running your account anymore. Go find somebody else. Hey, do you just have a quick question? Have you ever encountered trouble with the fact that you've been hiring your friends at first? Not really. I mean, there's a few times where somebody would sleep in and they wouldn't work. And, you know, you'd kind of have to, like, discipline them in a way because, you know, you can't just be like, oh, it's all good, buddy, like, whatever, because, you know, they're losing, you know, revenue for the company and making the company look bad, which is, you know, the, the worst part of it. So, you know, that was never fun. But, you know, I think my friends and I, we all, like, respect each other enough where, you know, nobody's going to be insulted by, you know, something like that. So no big problems, but yeah, it wasn't always easy. Do you know where your income comes from if you're hiring other people? So is it just that you're taking, so you're getting these companies to hire you, or they're getting these accounts to hire you to manage their accounts for them, and then you're splitting up the profit? Well, basically how it worked is like Slogan Social was, was the company. And we would manage these meme pages. And one person could manage like maybe a hundred accounts at a time. And then, so we would, I would just pay those people hourly. Right. But then where do you get your income yeah. from? If you're paying them, are you just taking a portion of it? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, a hundred accounts could make like, you know, a thousand dollars a day probably in like a 12 hour period. So yeah, it was, you know, and then if you're paying you know, $15, $20 an hour, you know, you, you take a pretty significant profit from that. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everyone. I hope you guys learned something in today's episode because that is the ultimate purpose of this podcast. If you guys have one minute, we'd appreciate it so much. If you logged onto your Instagram or messaged me individually and Tell us what we can do to improve this podcast because it helps a lot whether you guys know it or not. You can find my account at Aria Tabitha on Instagram or you can message us at Outliers Career Podcast. Anyway, that's enough talking for me. I hope to see you guys 
the next episode.